problem is we haven't given them feedback along the way. And I hear it all the time in, in my business and with other of my peers, like we have to get better at when there's a challenge in the moment, say, I got to talk to you about this. When you did that, here's the challenge I have with it. What I'd like to see is this in the moment or right after whenever it's appropriate. You're listening to Oh Shit, I'm the Boss Now with your host, Jackie Koch, the podcast with all the tips and tools to help you succeed when all of a sudden you have the realization that you're the one in charge. Hi, welcome back to Oh Shit, I'm the Boss Now. I'm your host, Jackie Koch, and today I am joined by a dream guest, someone I've been so hopeful I'd be able to chat with at some point on the show, and today is the day. I have looked up to this person ever since I started my entrepreneurship journey, both from the business she has, how she does business, but also how she clearly shows up for her team, and it's always been very apparent to me that she's a really great boss. And so today I am joined by Amy Porterfield. Amy is an ex-corporate girl turned online marketing expert and CEO of a multi-million dollar business. Today, Amy empowers people across the globe to take their futures into their own hands and find professional autonomy, independence, achievement, and success far beyond what a corporate glass ceiling would traditionally allow. Her action-by-action teaching style provides aspiring business owners with the tools they need to bypass the overwhelm and build a business they love. You can check her out at amyporterfield.com. We also reference, she has an amazing podcast and we reference specific episodes you should listen to as it relates to what we chat about on the show. And I was able to get into a lot of different things in our short time together, but we talk about her, she recently launched a book called Two Weeks Notice, all about helping folks kind of step into entrepreneurship and start a side hustle. And I wanted to see how she navigates that in her business with having a team. And she has a team of 20 employees. And so we talk about how she has established ground rules in her business of what people can do with side hustles and what they can't. And then we also talk about how she's implemented a four-day work week. So she's been having four-day work weeks in her business for the last two years. And so we dig into how she's done that. And she's also, her business was just voted by Inc. Magazine as one of the best places to work. So listen into the show. She has gems of insight. And I'm so grateful that I was able to chat with her today. Amy. I'm so excited that I finally get to have you on the show. You're like a dream guest that I really could not wait to chat with. So this is this is a really fun moment for me. So thank you so much. Well, I'm so happy to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Ever since I started my own business about two and a half years ago, I've always like really looked to a lot of the advice and stuff that you give entrepreneurs. And when I launched the podcast about a year ago, I was like, someday... I am going to talk to Amy Porterfield and I am going to ask her about a lot of different things. And that day is today. And so, so excited to dive in. There's, there's a couple topics that really come to mind when I think about wanting to get your opinion on. 
And the first one I want to dive into is related to your newest book release, yes. Two Weeks Notice. Is it still new? I mean, I feel like it's all over the place. And, and how do you, how, yeah, is it still new? You know, at the time of this recording, it's still showing up as a new release on Amazon. So I, I guess it's been out for about two months now. And so I guess it's essentially still new. And I can't believe it's out in the world. That was a whole, whole journey that it was, it was a wild ride, but I'm so glad it's finally out. Awesome. Well, congratulations to you. I am sure that it is going to help so many people and it couldn't be more timely in that, as I'm sure you know, you really, you wrote the book and released it. So many more people are deciding that entrepreneurship or some sort of side hustle is next for them. And COVID started it. There's, there's a lot of different things, so it couldn't be more timely. And I on it, it could it would have been such an amazing roadmap for me three years ago as I was looking to leave, you know, I'll call it corporate, but I was working in tech startups, but I, I left in-house to do my own business. And so anyone listening to the show thinking about doing your own journey, go grab this book because um, it will help you. And even if you have your own business now, like so many things to to take away from it. So Okay, so we could go into why it's so helpful, but I actually wanted to take a slightly different angle to the concept of starting a side hustle. And I'm super excited to get your opinion on this. Um, and I'm going to give a little context to you and to listeners. So I have a recruiting firm and a, an HR consulting business. And in my work with clients, I am often I often hear they either don't want to hire somebody that they've met because they found out through the interview process or through Googling them on social media that they have a side hustle and they don't think the person will be either stay along for around for a long time or be as committed to their business as somebody who doesn't have that. Or I hear from clients, Hey, my employee approached me and wants to start their own side hustle. I don't agree with it. How do I handle it? Mm. And I have opinions on this, but I want to know your opinion on this because okay. you wrote, yeah. I'll go. share my opinion, but will you share yours too? For Because you're of an course. expert in this field. I'm so curious what you'd say about this. So totally fine if you disagree with me what I'm going to say. So I have a business where I have 20 full-time employees all across the U.S. We're virtual and um, well, I've built up this business over the last 14 years. And a couple of years ago, I decided to put together what I call the side hustle policy in my business. And essentially why it came up is that somebody in my business started a side hustle. I had no rule against it, started a side hustle. And the side hustle was to um, be like a virtual assistant for um, people that are building businesses. The challenge with that is that I teach people how to build businesses. And so essentially he would have a whole pool of people that he could start saying, hey, I've got a service I could help you. And it got weird. And I did not mm. like it. As a business owner, I didn't like that he could actually pull from my students. And so I just didn't, I didn't think it was fair as a business owner. I'm doing all this work, spending all this money to attract them. And I don't want to feel challenged by my own employee, competitive with my own employee. So, but I teach people how to build businesses. I teach people how to build side hustles. I literally have a mini course of how to get your side hustle up and running. So what I had to do is I had to say, okay, what am I okay with? And what am I not okay with? 
And what it came down to is you can absolutely have a side hustle if you work with me, but you cannot have a side hustle that directly competes or benefits from my business. So for example, one of my most favorite employees is my social media manager. I love her and hope she never leaves me. She has a side hustle, uh, a TikTok channel, Instagram channel, where she teaches skincare tips, strategies, products, techniques, and she gets partner deals with really great companies where she makes reels for them and all of that good stuff and does really well does not compete with me at all. I love to see her shine and I'm going to celebrate it all day long. Another one of my employees has a side hustle where she's building up a podcast, teaching people how to slow stitch. I am not crafty at all. I hardly know what that is, right? So it's some kind of craft where she can get sponsors on her podcast that um, use products that people slow stitching would want. So I'm for that all day long because I want my business to feel as though they have some freedom to be creative, make money on the side, get excited. But one, if I feel like it's interfering, then not they're not getting their job done. That's one issue. Two, if it's competing with me, I'm not going to have that because it's just going to make me nervous the whole time. So those are my rules. And But I have to say this, one more thing. If someone were to come into my business, I'm hiring all the time, and I see they have like a thriving side hustle, there is a small part of me that thinks, are they going to stay around? Mm -hmm. Do they really want this full-time job? Are they going to give me everything they've got? I, I probably would be a little hesitant to hire. Like if you had two great candidates, one had a side hustle, one didn't. I have to be honest, I probably would lean toward the one that didn't because there's only so many hours in a day. But I actually don't think that's very fair of me. So I feel a little guilty about that. I'm so grateful you were honest about that because it is a thought. And it's it's one that I, well, first, I love that you set the policy. Okay. Because, I was wondering if you're like, oh, I don't know about that. No, I think it's great because it creates language around it. It creates a conversation around it. It creates, I'm going to use the word boundaries, even though I feel like boundaries is being way overutilized a lot in the world right now. But it does like it creates the the framework for you to have the conversation around it. And it also lets them know kind of what they can do and what they can't do. Otherwise they might just be like, Ooh, I don't know if I should do this. I, I'm scared to tell her. Yeah. And you don't want don't people want to that. be scared to tell you. No. And it depends what, I think it probably depends what a thriving side hustle means and what they want out of it. Yeah. And is to, it fair to ask an employee, a potential employee, you know, how much time do you spend on that side hustle? What is your goal with that side hustle? Do you see it becoming a full-time thing? Which I'm guessing most people with a side hustle would love for it to come become a full-time thing. But if they said, yeah, in the next five years, I might explore something like that, but I really want a full-time job. I'm totally dedicated. That's a great conversation to have. Exactly. And I think in this day and age, you know, an employee who stays with you for two years is a really good tenure. Yeah. That is a yeah. bad tenure. You know, if you were to ask us 10 you years ago, parents, they'd be like, what? Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, if someone's goal is five years, then, then yeah, I think asking the question. So here's where I get tripped up on whether or not on the, the initial, like, oof, I don't know if I want to hire that person. I feel like we're, we're in this world now, especially with remote work that we're demanding people who are our employees to have a lot of entrepreneurship skills. We want them to be self-motivated. We want them to take initiative. We want them to, to treat our business like they would their own or their role in our business, like if it was their own. 
Yet we don't want to hire the people who maybe have those skills for fear of them leaving. And so that's where I get tripped, like tripped yes, up. That doesn't feel fair. You're totally right. I've thought about this a lot. You know, it's kind of tricky because I have a book called Two Weeks Notice, How to Leave Your Job and Start Your Own Business. And I have 20 full-time employees. It's like, how do I balance that? And as an owner, two things. Number one, I have to celebrate when an employee comes to me and says, I'm ready to do my own thing. I'd be a hypocrite if I didn't celebrate them. So I told myself, no matter how hurt you feel, how bummed you might be that they'll leave, you celebrate it because this is what you stand for and this is your mission in life. So that's what I've told myself. And then number two, how, you know, I think it's normal for people to want to do their own thing and get out there and try that. And also you're right, that entrepreneurial spirit, it comes with someone who wants a side hustle. So that you actually just gave me a gift where when I am hiring, if someone does have a side hustle, maybe they do have more of that entrepreneurial spirit that I'm looking for in my business. Maybe it is a plus because they're a go-getter like that. So you could look at it in so many different ways. There's a lot of different ways. And I think what it ultimately comes down to, which I imagine you, you're pretty good at in your business, is just having open conversations around these things and being clear, like setting expectations well of like, this is what I expect of you. And then when someone's not meeting their their the expectations of the job, being brave enough to have that conversation early to talk about it. Um it's so, it sounds so easy for us just to say it like, oh, that's a pipe, that's a dream, you know, and it's easy for us to chat about it. It's harder to do it, but that's True. just my initial thoughts. I yeah, guess. totally agree with you. So I guess keeping that top of mind, when you stepped into hiring people, like what were some big lessons that you learned? Anything that was like, you know, I know you came from corporate and so were there any big learnings that you had on being a boss? That's really what this podcast is. It's like so often people are like, oh shit, I have to do that? Like, ooh, you know? So any lessons that you've had along the way on that? The biggest lesson, and we're still learning it. I just had a discussion with my CEO yesterday, like I'm still seeing this pattern where when we have a challenge with an employee and we get to the point that we're like, I don't think this person is going to work out. They're not a good fit for this reason or another. And I'll tell, I'm lucky enough. I don't know if it's luck, but no one wants to fire someone. No one ever wants. And if it ever feels good or you get comfortable with it, there's a problem, I think. So it's it's just a hard thing. So I don't have to let anyone go anymore because I have a CEO and then she's got people under her that work with other people. So I don't have to do the firing anymore, but I've done plenty of it. And, um, I was talking to my CEO yesterday where we had a challenge with someone and I said, I don't know if they're going to work. And she said, problem is we haven't given them feedback along the way. And I hear it all the time in, in my business and with other of my peers, like we have to get better at when there's a challenge in the moment, say, I got to talk to you about this. When you did that, here's the challenge I have with it. What I'd like to see is this in the moment or right after whenever it's appropriate. And so when we get to the point that we don't want someone on our team anymore and we feel like they need to go and there's zero documentation, it's not just legally. I just don't think it's fair to the employee that we've never given them feedback. So that's been a challenge that I will say my, my team has gotten better at it, but dang, we have struggled with that one. And there's this book, Radical Candor. My favorite. So good. And so they even have a mini course with it. And my whole team has read the book 
And my CEO is actually going through the course right now because she wants to get better at it. So it's a big theme, the proper communication in the moment, that radical candor. I struggle with it. We all struggle with it in my business because we want to love each other and be kind to each other. But I just heard, this is another thing, Brene Brown, just today, I think it was um, someone had asked her, what's the biggest mistake you can make as a leader? And she said, mistaking not giving feedback because you want to be kind. Uncertainty and confusion is unkind to your employee. And so she was saying like that radical candor is kind to your employee. And I thought that's a great way to look at it. So that's one thing that's definitely been a struggle. And then the second thing is we've gotten really good at this is onboarding a new employee. We do this thing where it's 30, 60, 90 days. We give them a Google doc and we say, okay, we're going to go over the first 30 days. This is what's expected of you. These are the trainings we want you to go through. These are the SOPs we want you to review. Here's the people on the team we want you to meet with. And we'll check back in six or 30 days. Then we do the next 30 days and next. And so they are very clear what their first 90 days look like, how they'll get the support they need, who they need to go to for help, and what we expect of them. That's something that has helped immensely, and we've gotten great feedback from it. I love that. I'm going to tell my clients who are listening to the show, see, I that's what I've been telling you. Yes. Listen, <laughs> one thing that we've done with some of our clients is to have the employee create their 30, 60, 90 days oh, first. Okay. And then reviewing it with their manager because it kind of sets them up to like be the one that's driving their own kind of development and stuff. Nice. We're just starting to do this with some clients. So I don't have any like tactical examples of it actually working better. But it, it would be interesting to see like, how do you feel you're going to get up to speed? What do you need in order to hit the ground running and show, you know, some great impact within 90 days? So that would be interesting. Yeah, it's, it will see for sure. Um, the thing that when you, when you talked about giving feedback and getting better at it, I was reminded of, um, I spent a few years working at Lululemon and we talked a lot about like self-awareness and just being aware of what happens in your body when you know you need to give somebody feedback. And like the more we can get comfortable of like, oh, I get like a little ping in my stomach or like I feel myself getting like hot, like that's a sign that it's probably time. And the sooner we can like, because your body feels it before your brain does. Yes. But it's a work in progress. I feel like we never master it. Uh, well, thank you for sharing those those insights. Um, and and something else I've been so inspired by you. I'm kind of going all over the place because I feel like I want to ask you all the things. But another thing that I was so inspired and excited to talk to you about is the four day work week. How did you? Well, my first question is, how did you get brave enough to try it for yourself? Because great question. Because oh. it does take courage. It does. Um, Okay, so I've been doing a four-day work week in my business with all of my employees for two years now. And when we launch, I have a live launching business. If we're in a live launch, which is usually September, we will have to be working some Fridays. But on the whole, we're not working Fridays. It's just a known thing. The first thing is we did a trial. Actually, let me back up a little bit. I'm going to give you some insight. Anyone thinking they want to do this. I first read the book Shorter. It's this book by Alex Soonjung Kim Peng, and he is incredible. Love the man. And I read the entire book and then had my leadership team read the entire book as well. And then I told my leadership team, 
I want to try this. And in the book, they do, I think it's a 90-day trial, something like that. And I said, I want to do this 90-day trial and, and tell the team if this doesn't work, if it's too hard for us, if it, if it, you know, if we start losing revenue or whatever, we just won't do it. It's just a trial. But when I brought it to my leadership team, they looked at me like I had two heads. Here, I thought they'd be like, you're the best boss in the world. <laughs> yeah. This is so great. They actually said, you've lost your mind. We have so much work to do. Some of us are working weekends or nights to get it done. How would we do it in four days? And I said, well, we're going to have to change how we do business because I don't want people working nights and weekends. I have no, no desire for that. And so we decided, okay, we got to put a system together. So we hired Alex to, and he wasn't in crazy expensive either. We hired Alex to meet with us for a day with my leadership team, walk us through what we're going to do. How would we do the trial? What, here's some challenges. We had tons of questions we got to ask him. Then we started to put together some systems. And what I mean by that is we said, okay, no meetings on Mondays and no meetings on Thursdays. So Tuesday, Wednesday are meeting days. So if you need to meet with someone on the team, you got to do it on Tuesday, Wednesday, because we have limited time to do the work that needs to be done. So that was the first rule. The second one is all meetings are 30 minutes by default, unless you have a reason they need to be longer. So if you put a meeting on the calendar, it's 30 minutes. If you need 45, we need to know why. Also, no meeting can be set where there's not an agenda in the calendar that we could see what is this meeting about, who's running it, and what are we talking about? Because there's so many times you jump on and you're like, who's running this? Like, what, what, what's happening? So we had to just stop wasting our time there. And then also we had like a little committee where we knew some people were going to thrive, others were going to struggle. I could name the five people I knew were going to struggle with this. And so we said, when you start to struggle, you raise your hand and the people that have really started to get in with it and it's working for them, they're going to give you some of their insight. So we paired up people that were struggling as well. And there were people that struggled, like I can't get this work done. And so uh, it was trial and error. The first 90 days were like, we're going to definitely continue this. And now it's been two years and the best thing we have ever done. And also from a hiring perspective, it makes you very attractive. And so um, I'm proud to say that we just got voted um, one of uh, best workplace. I think it's Inc. Magazine. And we've been trying to get nominated for a long time and we, we just got on the list. And I think having a four-day work week is part of why my employees are so happy to work with us. So that helped because they interview your employees and all that good stuff. Okay. That's amazing. I'm definitely reading this book. Yeah, it's good. I think there's a lot of companies out there that are like, yeah, we're a four-day work week, but then their teams are like working 15-hour days the other days. Like how... How do you show up as an example and how do you help your leader? I feel like it starts at the top, right? How do you do that? Any advice that you have to someone listening or a leader listening on how to actually be the example and not, yeah, so that your team does it? Yes. Yeah, so the first thing that I had to learn, I learned this the hard way because I fully messed this up, is that I will not slack anyone. We use slack as our communication, slack anyone or talk to anyone in a sauna Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. In the past, when I was a younger uh, leader, I would just be like, oh, I know you're not going to see this till Monday, but blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, they're going to get a ping. The owner of the company just sent them a message. You just ruined their weekend. Like, I should know better. I've been in corporate long enough. And so 
I stop doing that. So they do not see me online. Now, if I choose to take a meeting on Friday for a special project I've been excited about, I'll do that if I really want to, but I will not let anyone else on the team know because I do not want them to think that that is necessary for them. It's just something I choose to do and it's very rare, but um, that's another thing. And also when I see them online, so if I catch someone online over the weekend, I'll talk to their manager and say, they might need a little help. Like I know one of my employees, she has been working a lot of Fridays. She's doing this big project. She's got a lot of weight on her shoulders. And I had to talk to her manager, like we're going to have to do something about this because she's going to feel resentful. No one else is working Fridays and here she is. So I try to also pay attention to kind of who I see. You could see when someone's on Slack or whatever. So that's another thing. And then we uh, take a survey. I think it's every quarter. How is this working for you? Because that's another thing. It's not perfect for everybody. Like there's actually one person on my team that suggested maybe we go back to half day Fridays. And so I'm like, no way, we're not doing it. So what do we need to fix? So constant communication in terms of how we would make it work. But I would say 99% of the team, even if they work a little bit later on a Wednesday, to have a full Friday off means a lot to them. And so I try to just do the whole team eight hours, Monday through Thursday. Sometimes I like to be real and not sugarcoat this. Sometimes they're going to work a little longer, but that is their choice. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. So then you're the business owner. Your, your brain doesn't shut off thinking about business Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I mean, maybe it does. I doubt it. I wish. My husband wishes it would. Yeah. <laughs> I bet. So like something comes up on Friday and you're like, oh shoot, I, I want to tell this person or I want to communicate something. What do you do instead of going to them? Because what I think most, most entrepreneurs do, they get it out of their brain onto somebody else. So, so what do you do instead? So that's absolutely what I used to do. I used to be like, if I just tell so-and-so, then I'm good. It's like so selfish. It's not good leadership, but I used to do it. So there's this little trick I do. In, so we use Slack for our communication. And in Slack, you could send someone a message, but then schedule it to whenever you want it to appear. So I have absolutely done this. Friday, a thought comes into my head and I am, have an anxious personality. So it's going to be on a thought loop. I can't let go. I have to talk to my poor husband about it. He doesn't even know what I'm talking about, but I got to talk to someone about it. And then finally, I'm like, I got to lay this down. So I'll record like a quick message. Hey, just wanted to let you know, this is what I'm thinking. I'd love to see this happen. Let me know what you think. And I will schedule it for Monday at like 10 a.m. Not the first thing that they see when they come in, but a little bit later. And it just appears at that time. Then I can let it go. It's like the coolest thing that Slack has done. Thank you for being such an aware boss. Oh. Thank you for anyone, for about everyone on your way. team. <laughs> like, it's just so refreshing. Um, and what's cool, I appreciate you saying that because one of my employees uh, I, I said like, I send you stuff on the weekend, but I just know you'll look at it on Monday. And she said, I look at it the minute you send it to me. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'm not doing that again. So I, I mm -hmm. kind of learned the hard way. Mm -hmm. I love that. Well, I don't love that you learned the hard way. I was going to say, what's cool about Slack too now is you can send voice notes and it transcribes the voice note, which it didn't used to do that. Oh so, yeah, it does. Mm -hmm. So you can, because I feel like the hardest thing a lot, what a lot of entrepreneurs do is they send a voice text message and you listen to it. And a lot of times it's gone or like you want to refer oh. back to it. So I love that you can actually like read it in Slack. 
I just reminded myself to tell a client of mine that you could do that. Okay. So that is how, so you delay send stuff. I'm sure once in a while you act, you catch yourself or like doing, doing it and, and all of that, but um, delay send is definitely the thing that works. So do you feel like a four day work week only, I don't want to say only, I feel like that's so like definitive, but works best if you're all on the same schedule, because a thought that I've had is like, I almost would rather work four hours a day like a little bit every day instead of like four full days. But then as you scale with a team, do you feel like it's really important for you all to be on the same page? Or do you think there's a world where you could just like tell people work whatever's best for you? Do you think that could even work if you if people did that? I love your questions because you understand work so well. Obviously, you're an expert in it. We've had these discussions. So one of the challenges we've had is that I have people, I only have U.S. employees, but all over the U.S. So my California girls are definitely not up in Adam when I am. And so, and then, so it's six, let's say it's five o'clock in California. It's seven o'clock in Tennessee, where I live, Nashville, and I am not working at seven o'clock. And so I moved here two years ago from California. And a lot of my people or a lot of my team members are in California and it was a challenge. They were sending me messages. And I thought, what am I going to do about this? So one, I just had to say, guys, at five o'clock, I really am done working. So you got it. If you need me, you got to get it in before then. But also, um, I do need my team on when when most people are on. It will not work if they're like, I'm going to work from 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. And then I'm going to take a few hours off I can't do that because what's frustrating to me is if I'm going to need one of my team members to support me in getting something done and I'm waiting for them to come online, I just, I can't do that. So we do want the bulk of our employees online at the same time. I wish that wasn't the case though. I wish they could just choose their hours whenever. It would never work with my business. Yeah. It probably does depend on on your business and, and the work that needs to get done, I would imagine. Um, I think so too. Yeah. If there's not a lot of collaboration, then I think it's okay. But for us, there's a lot of back and forth. And defining the moment. I love that you you have meeting days. It's also like, um, I would imagine you've kind of done this. If you haven't actually defined it, you've kind of set like core working hours when you know everyone will be online together. Because then to your point, you're not like, when is this person going to log on. And then you're not creating the stories like, oh, they're skipping out or, you know, because that also happens. Because I can get in my head about that. Like why they're, they're always coming to work late or they're not really taking it serious. Like I don't want to do that to them. So yeah, we make it pretty clear when they're expected to be online. Okay. That's awesome. So I think I know what your advice is going to be, but I'm going to ask. So where, if, if someone's listening to the show and they're considering wanting to test out a four-day work week for the summer, since, you know, uh, at the time of the recording, summer's coming up and it'll be summer when it airs almost. I'm hearing maybe read the book. <laughs> yes, but also I'm looking something up. Um, I did a podcast all about this and I answered lots oh. of questions. So Great. it's episode 378. So if you go to amyporterfield.com forward slash 378, it's could a four day work week fit your business? And I did it uh, in 2021 when we had been doing it for a while, but I get into way more detail about the SOPs and the strategies we put together to make it work. So that might be a great resource Perfect. as well. That's amazing. 
Oh, I got to tell you, you know what ad I loved of yours? What? When you were, I think you were like, it was maybe a course or something that you, you were launching about the four day work week and the ad where you moved the calendars to show, I don't know if you remember that ad. It was like a year ago. I Um, don't. It was a Google calendar. It It was a Google calendar and it was like, your week was crazy. It was like five days of meetings. And then it like all streamlined into, into four. And I could feel the stress going away when I saw the ad. I was like, oh, I have to remember that. We need to use that again. You should. It was the best ad. It like, it was the best ad for what it's worth. I love that. Um, Okay. So listen to the episode. Awesome. And get by your, and get your book. Get the book and get the book shorter for sure. Because I think that will make a big difference. Amazing. Well, Amy, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm so grateful for your time today. And it was so, so fun to jam out. Um, I know you have a podcast, you have your Instagram, you have so many ways for people to connect with you, but is there any, any preferred way for listeners to get to know you if they don't know you and and connect with the community and the things that you guys are up to? I think my podcast is probably the best way. So it's called Online Marketing Made Easy. I talk about everything from entrepreneurial uh, strategies and mindset to list building and webinars and selling online and and digital courses and all that good stuff. So I, I pretty much cover it all. So there's two episodes a week, Online Marketing Made Easy. And then I'm just at Amy Porterfield on Instagram if you want to come say hello. Amazing. Well, thank you listeners for tuning in. Yes. I'm so glad you all tuned in. And I want to thank you because I I really love how your brain works and you really understand the employee and the employer. And it's so nice to talk to someone who can kind of see both sides. So this was a delight. Thanks again. Thank you so much. All right, listeners, we'll talk with you soon. Thanks, Amy. Are you ready to hire a recruiter to help you in your business? Exciting news for you, that can be me and my team. And we believe that the recruiting industry is due for a major upgrade in its recruiting and fee structures. So we have a completely different model than other recruiters out there. We have transparent pricing and transparent fees. Go check out peopleprinciples.co forward slash recruiting for how you can partner with us and let us do the hiring for you.